Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us. It is July 8th already. Holy cow. And this is your AEW Rampage and SmackDown review show. Holy cow, there's so much to talk about. Um, I know everybody wants to talk about the the breaking news with Vince McMahon, and we're going to get to that in just a second. But before we do, I just want to ask you guys to get in your super chats, get in your humper chats. Well, what the heck is a humper chat? You may ask if this is your first time here. Well, it functions just like a super chat, but you go to humperchats.com, and through that platform, Fightful gets to keep a little bit more of the kashish. It keeps people like me employed, and we appreciate that. So if you are able to figure out um, that platform, that would be delightful. You can also join us on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash Fightful Gaming, I believe, and you can get um, your chats through there by donating bits to us, which we also appreciate so much. Another great way to support us that costs you absolutely nothing is to just leave a thumbs up on this video. It helps people find us in the algorithm. and. It's just, you know, we saw Orange Cassidy tonight. It's just a nice tribute to him if you can go ahead and leave a thumbs up. Um, I want to thank Alex Cardoza, the smart mark hater, the baddie of the Fightful channel, coming in, joining us. How are you today, Alex? I'm doing excellent. I cannot wait to talk about Rampage and SmackDown tonight. Yes, I'm very excited. Today, in my opinion, was supposed to be... Eddie and Takeshita Day, but it got a little bit sidetracked with the Vince McMahon news, so we're going to talk about both. Um, before we dive too deep into it, I just, A, want to thank our moderators, as always, for keeping this a clean and safe place to hang out. We so appreciate that, and to help them out, I just want to lay a couple of ground rules about tonight. Um, we're not going to be speculating on who we think the victims are. That is something we absolutely do not do here. We're not trying to play games around any of that. Um, nothing that could be viewed as like any sort of weaponizing language is, is really tolerated here. So do yourself a favor. Don't spend money on that. Spend money on telling me how great my bangs looked. <laughs> spend money on telling Alex how hot his takes are when he comes in here with the smart market. Um, and, and please just be kind to our moderators. They're working overtime as we all are these days. Um, 
Also, I know if you were expecting Sean to come on here, he did address the whole Vince McMahon situation that broke a couple weeks ago on the updates that we got today on an earlier stream. And he does have his Fightful Select Q&A where you can ask more questions about this, which you can participate in at FightfulSelect.com. $5 a month for all of the greatest and latest breaking news in pro wrestling. Come on, man. What a value. I'm subscribed. I get to invoice it back, but I'm subscribed. Alex is subscribed. We're all hanging out. Um, so here's what we're going to do. We are going to address the Vince McMahon situation at the top of the show, and then we're going to flip over into Rampage, and then we're going to throw it back to SmackDown. I have a feeling the Vince conversation might go on throughout the show, so we don't want to drag down our usual format with it, but we, of course, want to address the elephant in the room with the Vince McMahon Updates that we got today, which were essentially that it was $12 million in hush money that was paid out to four women over the course of the past decade, or I think even longer than that. I think this dates back to 2005, if I recall correctly. Um, Alex, I think we're all pretty disgusted by the situation. I don't know if that many of us are shocked that there were more, there was more to this story after it broke, but what are you thinking about the situation? How are, what are your thoughts and feelings? I'm sure disgusted as all of us are. Yeah. Right you now. know, I'm, 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 I'm a girl dad. So extremely disgusted by, by all of this, but here's the thing. I know in the back of, of my mind, stuff has always gone on, right? Things do go on. Things get hushed around or whatever, but it's, it was such a shock to me because I've been watching him and his company since God only knows. And for me, I was just like, whole, like my jaw dropped. I, and, and you know what? There, people have been saying it. They'll, they'll, they'll probably be more. Who knows? But it is just jawed down on the floor right now. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing to come out of it, or not that it's not all problematic, but the most problematic thing that came out of it was that there was a female talent involved who rejected his sexual advances and suddenly she was demoted and her contract wasn't renewed. Again, we're not speculating on who that is, but that dates back to a while ago. Um, and you know, just, I think we're all pretty grossed out right now. The fact that he's in charge of creative, including women's storylines, I think is an absolute disgrace and he needs to step down immediately. Like I have no problem, no problem, no qualms saying that. I'm sorry if that's Kate. like heartbreaking to people or whatever, but. It's like, a publicly it traded company, Kate. So you, they, he has to answer to the board members. People have been canceled for less. So yes, yeah, I think, um, you know, it's, I think it's disgusting. He's in charge of women's storylines. I think it's unfair when you consider how many couples there are in WWE too. Like the implications of all of that. Like, are people getting pushes based on how much he likes their girlfriends? Like, he needs to be removed from creative, in my opinion. Um, and I think what's obvious is everybody's talking about like look at how things were in the attitude era like look at the on-screen representation of what we got from vince mcmahon being an active on-screen presence from the what was coming out at that time i always have said that i feel like the attitude era doesn't really age very well it's not great but respective to its time there was a lot of that going on in american pop culture and american tv so not that I gave it a pass because I think it's important not to dodge accountability in that way, but like it it was reflective of the time that it was in a little bit. But it's not just an on-screen thing when you start to hear things like AJ Lee being told that she essentially might not get pushed because they didn't know if anybody would view her as someone that wanted people would want to have sex with. And 
look at what she did with her career. She was in the world title picture. She and Paige, like, as far as from when I started watching in 09, put women's wrestling back on the map from being like what a bathroom break segment was to being something that was actually compelling um, with her in-ring ability and with her on-screen presence. She's unbelievable. And by the way, I would just like to say a babe, in my opinion, but that's neither here nor there. We've seen... You know, Nixon Newell talk about her situation. We saw Tony Storm leave the company because of the Tony Two Pies crap. We've seen Athena come out and be told that and tell us that she was told that she needed to dress sexier when she had like this badass, cool, like werewolfy inspired, awesome gimmick. And they're telling her she needs to go out there and fish nets. Like, what the hell are we doing? So I don't think it's just an on screen persona or the representation in the attitude era that was a problem i think it's very very clear that there this has been a pattern of behavior for a really long time and it needs to stop and he absolutely needs to be removed from creative i also think you have to allow the releases that you've been denying at this point because it's one thing to deny mustafa ali and roddy strong their releases before all this broke but now that they know they're working for someone who is I, guilty of so much, like of of the money trail that led back to these allegations. These are completely founded. This is stuff that the lawyers have admitted to at this point. So um, I feel like it's a completely different ask to force them to work for you when um, it's all this additional information has come into play about how unethical it is. I thought it was kind of BS before, don't get me wrong, but <laughs> I also think now that just adds a whole other layer to this um so please get in your super chats and humper chats about it again we will be talking about this throughout the night we're gonna start some of these off right now um we got some general support coming in from volop saying i came here for the bangs and sheila oh hey alex <laughs> i got my og alex and my alex 2.0 i don't even want to call you that because you're better than nxt 2.0 in my opinion but uh, we got Brandon Charles Powell saying, okay, well, Kate, your bangs look amazing. And Alex, your taste takes are sizzling hot. Well, thank you very much. Those are true. Kind of. I feel like your takes are usually pretty in the ballpark, to be honest. But when you go, you go. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I got a lot um, going on. A couple of Vince ones to uh, to get out of the way here. Um, we got ShotKid29 saying, as sickening as VKM is, I'm more disgusted by the people defending him. Can we stop blaming victims for any sexually inappropriate behavior and actions? Yeah, we've been seeing uh, both sides of this. Um, there are some people that when they emotionally invest in someone, there's just no wrong that they can do, unfortunately, in their eyes. Um, and people tampering it by saying it's not company money or it's it was consensual that the women agreed to it. And it's just mind-bogglingly tone deaf, in my opinion, that um, people could think that uh, when someone's making sexual advances at you and your career is on the line and that, that that's not coerced in some way. And quite frankly, it doesn't matter where the money is coming from when that happens. That's the company that he owns and how he's treating the people that work for him. So um We've got CM. Is it CM Punk? Is it my best friend, CM Punk? Chiming in saying, booting VK won't fix it. The entire company is VK, yes, men and Stephanie or whoever won't redo the entire company structure. Um, yes and no. I think uh, if you topple the person that the yes men are saying yes to, all of a sudden things do change because the people that person that they were all nodding to essentially is gone. So where do you go from there? 
I think Steph being in charge of one side of the company and Nick Khan being in charge of the other side of the company is a safe interim solution, but let's get real. Like they were planning on selling anyway. I don't know how this affects it. That's a question for Sean probably. Um, but yeah, I, I think there is a systemic problem in there, but if you cut the head off of it, like there's no way that doesn't improve because now people might, God forbid, have to think for themselves. <laughs> we have a Humper chat um, from Derek that's directed at Sean. Um, and I'll read what the question is, but I we're going to direct that at Sean for you since he's not here tonight. But um, you asked, even if he leaves WWE, isn't there a strong possibility he still calls the shots through Steph or whoever is in charge creatively until he passes away? I feel like he will run it. Um, kind of, except then he just has no leverage in that situation. Like if you're Steph, I don't understand why you listen to him, especially let's not forget what, uh, her dad did to her husband with NXT and how they gutted that everything that Hunter had built. Um, you know, I don't know. And I also don't know what that looks like as far as like a board of directors goes, but Sean will have a more substantive answer than I do. He might have answered that already on the earlier stream. I don't know, um, but that is, we'll make sure that's in the mix for Monday when he does his Fightful Select Q&A. So um, also of note, the Vince documentary that was supposed to be on Netflix, and I quote, that shit's gone, as reported by Denise Salcedo, who is wonderful every Monday to us and all the time with us. She's a huge part of what makes Fightful Fightful, and um, we congratulate her on her scoop. Do not go around calling her a wrestling journalist. However, that only gets her in trouble. So um, we're going to pause it right there for now, and what we're going to do is we're going to flip it over to AEW Rampage. We thank you guys so much for tuning in and, and supporting us. We also want to remind you that this show is brought to you by NordVPN. So if you want to be nowhere to be found like Vince McMahon probably does right now, you should go to NordVPN. We're going to bring you more information on that later. But if you're not going to use their VPN, if you're already subscribed to one or you're not interested in one, please go over to Twitter and tweet at them and tell them that you found out about them from us because they made a big investment in us. And we want to push that investment back at them and let them know how much we appreciate what they do for us. So, um... On to happier things. AEW Rampage. Oh, man. I was going into today thinking, this is Eddie Kingston versus Takeshita Day. I was so excited for this match. And boy, howdy, did it ever deliver. I love it. I love it so much. Um, I had seen just a recent YouTube sent me down a rabbit hole, of course. Um, it was a an interview kind of it was more of a conversation between Brody Lee and Eddie Kingston and it's mostly Brody Lee just burying Eddie this was before either of them were signed anywhere um but Eddie's talking about how much he wants to work against Japanese talent and like how much he thinks that probably will never happen for him and it just brings me so much joy that that's not the case it makes me so happy that he gets to work all of the like the style that inspired him the most. He gets to go up against the heaviest hitters that are doing that in the present day, right? So I'm going to run through the match real quick and then um, I'll throw it over to you for your thoughts. But I thought this was awesome. I was worried for their necks the entire time. Um, 
Eddie Kingston has such a great gut wrench suplex. One of them was hit here. That was absolutely fantastic. I think to catch the people are starting to realize, including myself, what a special talent he is. And one thing that popped out at me in this match from him was he sold a headbutt like the same way Brett sells a turnbuckle. Like the he was just falling down um, from the headbutt in like a way that that felt realistic in a way that if Eddie Kingston headbutts you, you probably fall down. Um, I I absolutely love to catch this selling in addition to a lot of other things he did, like his massive lariats. Holy crap, Stan Hansen is smiling down on him. Um, there was a blue thunder bomb in here that Takeshita landed on Eddie. I can't believe he got him up as cleanly as he did. I thought it was fantastic. The exploder on the floor, human heads are not meant to bounce like that. That was scary, but a really, really, really great spot. Takeshita's brain buster is incredible. And I absolutely loved the end of this match with Eddie falling onto the cover. Like, talk about a way to just sell to the last second of the match, like to fall onto the cover of just like, I gave everything I had and I am done. It was such a great thing to add here because it was so hard hitting and so evenly matched. Just like this 12 minute or so sprint was absolutely fantastic. What did you think about this opener? And are you as big of an Eddie Kingston mark as I am, Potna? Always been an Eddie fan. And you know, when we had him, when we had him on Wrestling with Freddie, He's such a real dude, like a real dude. Like, you know, he grew up in the neighborhood, like most of us out here in the East Coast kind of did, you know, so like he's believable. So you could see a piece of yourself in him when he's out on the ring with the way he talks, acts and just beats the crap out of people. And um, so one of the things I noticed is that he we all know that he's not a technical wrestler, but damn, when he gets to throw some hands and really get in there. <laughs> He can really show you like what he can do. And I think that he is the most over um, professional wrestler right now on that roster from the from entrance to, you know, out the the uh, out of the stage. She's just hot at all times. Uh, I agree with you. And I think it's of anybody that has felt like a day one talent um, that wasn't a day one talent. It's him like. OG Alex has said like he is family to that AEW crowd and he really really is like I, it's so cool to see the swells of support I'm so glad they let him have a babyface run because I think with how he is like it would be very easy to throw him into the extended heel run vacuum a little bit which I I love that they just lean into how organically over he is like um with such a hard hitting style, both on the mic and in the ring, it's very easy to say that guy's a heel, but like he is also very, very easy to root for. And I love seeing people get behind him. He has such a wonderful story and how he, um, like essentially just got into AEW and how long he was working the indies and how, how, like you said, just sincere he is about everything. It's, it's kind of like, there's, I think a really big discussion around, does this guy need the belt? No, I don't think he needs it because he's so damn good at his job that he makes you care about everything, at least in my opinion. But I think he'll get it and I think he'll deserve it. And I think he'll be a transitional champion. He's a guy that, um, and I feel like this is way more rare in AEW than WWE, but like it'll be more about the moment with him than about the run because he just yeah. makes everything feel so damn personal. And, and if you remember in uh, his first like real big bout with Chris, he had those big promos. 
man, those were heartfelt. Like you can feel them. Like I, as a grown ass man, can tell you it brought tear it, with a tear in my eye. I'm telling <laughs> you right now, man. And um, his uh, Players Tribune, yes, uh, write up another one. I mean, right here. I just he is, like, he's the man. I read that and was just like crying in bed. I yeah, for it. sure. <laughs> they they got their they got their money's worth and more with him. I think he knows where he's at and who he is. And he's willing to do just about anything right now just to, like, you know, keep himself happy and his family fulfilled with with things, you know. So, like, man, did they ever get their money's worth with him? Yeah, I agree. And it's it's just cool to see literally decades of hard work pay off for that guy. And I just I also don't want to lose Takeshita in this conversation because I think of the people that we've gotten to see from New Japan on AEW television. He's just had such a special connection with the crowd like something has just happened where he's connected and it's really just like through his his in-ring ability it's awesome so um definitely a very very special guy definitely looking forward to seeing more of him and then later we do get an eddie kingston promo which just always warms my heart um i i love that this feud is continuing and it it doesn't feel long in the tooth to me i think because it's kind of volleyed back and forth between one-on-one matches and um you know stable versus stable a little bit and there's been so many evolving stories even within that right we've seen proud and powerful the reformed lax and blackpool combat club have to get on the same page to fight these guys so it's been a really, really good story, despite the fact that it's been going on so long. In my opinion, I really, really like this promo. <laughs> he had said that, you know, he basically got robbed of the opportunity to make Chris Jericho bleed, but uh, he doesn't like being made a liar of, and that, um, you know, other people are involved now and it's more personal, and that every drop of blood in their upcoming matches for them. Every drop of blood is a sin he has committed, and the last one before he passes out is for his Ruby. I love Ruby Soho getting worked into this. I've been hoping women's storylines were going to come along in this way. I think Tay versus Ruby is a a great feud to have grow out of this. For too long, Tay Conti has just felt like this valet for Sammy Guevara after working so hard to make herself a viable in-ring competitor and herself a star. And I love that we're finally getting like a women's feud out of this longstanding feud that's here. What did you think of Eddie's promo? And more specifically also, what do you think of Ruby and Tay being a storyline to come out of this? My Ruby, my Ruby, <laughs> my Ruby. <laughs> now nah, it was, he's, he's on point, man. You can't write stuff for this guy. You just tell him, Hey, this is what we're going to talk about. Go out there and do it. And he, he I mean, on point. Something that you mentioned, long-term storytelling. Everyone hates on AEW for some reason about that, right? That there's never, like, any storylines, right, or anything like that. But their long-term storytelling is insane. Every single match that Chris Jericho has had in AEW has had a long-term story being told. Um, from Orange Cassidy to Eddie Kingston, right? He's, he's just telling stories. And this one is good because it takes its breaks, he goes off to do something else, and it's like, you know, Superman fights uh, whomever all the time. Batman fights the Joker every damn other week, right? In between, he'll fight Mr. Freeze, Clayface, so on. So why can't we have that with Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho, right? That's his arch nemesis that once in a while they're going to meet up and beat the living crap out of each other. And I think especially for Rampage, too, like, 
I feel like they want to do most of the advancement on uh, Dynamite. So to have things like this, I, I think we're great. Um, you can advance stories without rematching people to death, which is something that we'll talk about a lot with WWE. But Eddie likes this promo. Um, I'm excited for, for Ruby and Tay. I think that's going to be great. We've got some super chats about this. Uh, we got Shotkin29 saying, the only people having better runs in 2022 than Takeshita's U.S. run are Mox and Dax. Also, how is Eddie not dead from that Aper German suplex? This was a lot. Um, also, yes, I know Stan Hansen is still aligned. I said smiling down, and I meant to say smiling at before you guys. I'm sorry. I misspoke. Uh, <laughs> our wonderful moderator, Louis, is pointing out that. Uh, <laughs> I Yeah, I agreed. Like that, that match is so hard-hitting, and I think people that aren't used to seeing New Japan style, too, if you're not an avid watcher as exposed to it, um, that's like even more alarming because that is that is pure New Japan. They were landing on their necks that entire match, and that always makes me nervous, but it also looks, it feels so real. So um, agreed with you that German suplex apron spot was a lot. It was. <laughs> We've got a super chat from Mike Lima saying, Seeing a Shark Week cross-promotion with AEW is a crazy fever dream. All we need are sharks with freaking laser beams attached to their heads. I am here for the Austin Powers reference. And yes, we do have a Shark Week cross-promotion with AEW. For all of you people complaining about not getting casual fans, who is a better potential fan than a Shark Week viewer? Why not? <laughs> I, they're just hitting on all cylinders when it comes to like their you know, into promotions and whatnot. It, it's fresh. It's fun to see it. You know, it's fun to see it happen. Well, and I think, like, I, I'm not a subscriber to the casual fan thing. I think that's largely a myth. And I think it's also dumb to um, act like a company is not successful if it's not beating the other company. Like, I think right now you have one really healthy, growing um wrestling promotion in AEW, and i think you have one that is going through a rough patch within themselves but they have over the past decades built up enough goodwill that they are still pulling in two million a week even when their creative is not the strongest that it can be but they have incredible talent right so they're still when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A market for that. Um, they're still a billion dollar company and they're still bringing in billions every week. People are still buying merchandise. People are still filling up seats, whether it's they're selling out or not. I mean, it's we, 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 we use wrestling as an escape. And even though there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes right now, we tend not to want to talk about that because we're going into a wrestling arena to get away from the real world. Right. So. It's it's crazy, but yeah. Um, I agree, and I think that uh, like it, I, I don't know. They sold, I think, millions of pay per view buys for the Forbidden Door pay per view, and I think that's probably the nerdiest of the uh, <laughs> of the fans that are going to be there, right? So there's also something worth catering to your own fan base. Um, 
But we move right along to this Athena and Chris Statlander promo, which I thought was really fun. They say that they support Jade, except for the fact that she's a coward, which is kind of rude. But they basically say that she's dodging real competition, which I think is fair. Um, And I I don't know. I thought this was great. I kind of like them as a duo. I did not realize the height disparity between Chris Statlander and Athena, but... Um, Chris, I knew was like very strong and athletic, but I didn't realize Athena was as short as she was. Uh, but I, I think this is fun. They kind of have like a little bit of a cheekiness about them that I don't think was necessarily there before. I think Stat went from being an alien to being like very serious because she had done this whole rebrand. And then on top of that, um, like, I, I feel like this is a nice sweet spot. Like she has a little bit more of a personality here, um, but it's still very grounded in reality. Did you have anything to add? No, just that. I thought it was funny that she's really that short and <laughs> Statlander right. is a beast. I love her. I love the big girls. I just, you know, to me, it's just yeah. more believable when they go into the ring and beat the crap out of someone, even guys. So, yeah. yeah no, no, not, really mu- not really much to add there, except that they, I, I feel like I don't want them to fall into this thing where now they're just like pairing all the girls up. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Because we see it later on towards the end of the show. So like, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I think um, Chris is like so strong and athletic and amazing. And that's why I think she made her name on the indies doing a lot of intergender stuff, which I think is awesome. And I also agree with you that you don't want to keep pairing off um, like these women's battles. But I do think it's a really, really good sign that we're getting some long term storytelling out of this. Like it has felt like such a breath of fresh air having this baddie stable around and being able to build out some longer term stuff instead of just having these challenger of the month things and somebody just got let go from their contract uh a day ago too so you never know where they might show up and help elevate the this woman's division that's actually getting bigger and in a a great way yes you know soraya soraya's done with her wwe contract and i think she's been eyeing you know what they're doing there i think she'll be a great fit she'll really help out that women's division I think she'd be a great fit backstage if she's not cleared in ring. I think she'd be incredible. Obviously, Sasha and Naomi look like they're done at WWE, at least for the time being. So who knows what could be going on there. But it is encouraging to see growth in the women's division and longer term stories going on. Um, And just more of it. Just more women's stories going on is really, really good. Um, We have Fact Channel chime again saying that. My Team America view was great. So on the Know Your News Network, which was founded by Jimmy Van and is a passion project of his, um, Jimmy Van, the founder of Fightful, um, he has employed Alex and I to do Get the Flick Out of Here over there, which I will, of course, put over. Um, and this week, Alex Pulowski and I did a Team America in honor of, Memorial, or of uh, Independence Day. Why can't I, like keep things straight today i was saying Takeshi was from new japan and he's from ddt i'm all over the place i'm sorry america yeah (laughs) yeah yeah we had a you know what it was fun to see i was worried because that movie came out in 2004 a lot of that movie still holds up and it was very very fun to review so fat channel thank you so much for checking that out (laughs) it was so it was really fun there were the things that didn't hold up didn't hold up at all but the things that did were they do parody so well but Thank you for checking out Know Your News. You can also see Sean sitting in with Jimmy over there and a lot of the familiar faces that you see on Fightful helping build out that channel as well. It's an absolute blast. So we thank you. Back to Rampage. Uh, we have Gates of Agony versus Jonathan Gresham and Lee Moriarty. Um, 
as our wonderful moderator Louise put, Octopus Man hugs sexy Tully. Crushup signed back in March as reported by Fightful Select in April. No big deal. Um, but uh, a lot of fun spots in this match, as you would expect. But the big story here is that Jonathan Gresham leaves Lee Moriarty high and dry. He looks like he dies in the ring. He just gets finished off. Um, and then we see Gresham and Tully shake hands after this. Um, I, I'm going to let this burn, but I don't know how I feel about it. Um, I kind of liked... Gresham, I was also an ROH mark this past go around with it. So I think I'm still readjusting to like letting go of some of the stuff from that era and what this new era is going to bring. I don't know if I feel like Gresham fits in with like this Tully Enterprises stuff, but I'm willing to let them convince me. I just felt like the stable they were building out there wasn't necessarily technical leaning, but maybe it's going to be good to have that variety. So I'll let them win me over on it. Um, I don't know how I feel about it right now. I like Jonathan Gresham working heel. I think that'll be fun. Um, and him versus Lee Moriarty next week is going to be awesome. So I'm excited. What did you think of this match? And what do you think of this heel turn? Yeah, so I the whole heel turn thing. Um, wow, I'm sorry. My dog is really mad at Jonathan Gresham for turning. Wow, heel. I cannot believe Buster, death before dishonor is coming up, okay? God. Damn it, Buster. <laughs> Chill out, bro. You'll be able to watch it. 50 bucks. Um, so <laughs> so uh, who's going to be chasing him? That's the big question, right? They're turning him heel for a reason, right? So somebody's going to be chasing for that belt, and somebody's going to go after him. I, I don't know who. Um, it, off the top of my head, I, I thought, oh, maybe they'll bring in um, Adam Cole. And, you know, we all know his reign in Ring of Honor as a champion. So maybe they'll come in and bring him in and whatnot. But I don't, you know, they still haven't built out Ring of Honor. They're only running around with their champions, to be completely yeah. honest, you know. So this heel turn, um, I was not expecting it at all. I was really getting behind him as a face. I was just like, man, let's go. I haven't watched Ring of Honor forever. This is happening. And then boom. So um, I'm surprised. I'm excited to see where it's going. And hopefully um, something plays out because, you know, that Ring of Honor pay-per-view is coming up real quick. So, it you is. know, I think this has been tricky because I think they didn't want to properly relaunch until they had TV. And maybe that's taking longer to get in place. This is all this is nothing that like everybody thinks something is Sean told me. It's not true. I This is just my conjecture is like maybe they thought they were going to have things in place with the streaming service or whatever ahead of time. Um, but they also have a promotion that they need to get going and they have a pay-per-view coming up. So I think it's good that they put it on AEW TV to not only promote the pay-per-view, of course, but to also um, get some of these storylines kickstarted. I think a lot of people assumed it was going to be Gresham and Lethal, but now they're both on the heel side. So that's yeah. interesting. Um, you know, I would have said like a Daniel Garcia would have been fun, but he is facing Wheeler Yuta. I mean, if you have a healthy Danielson, that's the dream match that everybody's been talking about. That would be absolutely incredible if you could do it. But so, except for Yuta, they, they're all heels. Uh, right? Samoa Joe is face, right? Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Face-ish, I yeah. I mean, yeah, like he's he's that he's that great heel, and everybody. Is, oh, that's true. Yes, yes. Everybody's you're right, you're really right. excited to see him. So I, I would yeah. say he's a face, but he's just such a bad. hundred percent. You're face right. That, 
it's because you know with 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 him it just makes it feel for to me with Samojo um he's just that borderline grayish just like Eddie Kingston then when he talks he just wants to whoop your ass whether you're good or bad so yes exactly he's like it's just if people are cheering for him and who he's booked against like he doesn't necessarily like turn too hard in any one way or the other a reminder we are not here to speculate on the victims of a sexual misconduct investigation i will boot you so hard so fast from the chat and so will Luis. uh <laughs> a lot of people saying claudio too they did tease that in a video package that would be very very fun if danielson's not cleared i know at the end of the last old era of ring of honor they basically said gresham was going after danielson and punk punk's obviously injured kind of updated that to be about claudio which quite frankly is i'm the biggest punk mark in the whole wide world but as far as a technical wrestling standpoint you're not going to get better than, than claudio and danielson so um but yeah so i think those are all fun options and that's the kind of stuff i like to speculate on i think that i think that ring of honor is going to it's going to find its home soon. The, the problem was with the whole um, Warner Discovery deal, right? So once they started, once the merge actually became something, they, they don't know what to do with it. You know, whether they're throwing it in their new streaming uh, platform that's coming out or if they're actually going to give them TV time. And it's like you have Honor Club. So where does that translate to? And yeah. like there, it's a it's a lot of moving parts to get that going. So um, I I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited to see the pay-per-view. We're also getting FTR versus Briscoes too, which is one of the best tag team matches ever of all time, the first time around. So I'm all for it. But we move right along to um, this little Hook video. Not a lot to write home about, except that Hook still rules. So get your Hook chats in um, with your little Hook emojis. <laughs> uh, but this is just reminding you that he's undefeated. He's a badass. There's not like really a ton here. Not sure if you have anything that you want to add. Continue building the young kid, man. Continue just, they gotta just stay the course with him just the way they are, you know? Um, I do feel, like I said before, with Taz losing over 30 pounds, looking amazing, I feel there might be a dad and son team up here in the future. Or at least, yeah, I don't know if, I, that would be amazing, and I know Sean would mark out for it because um, that was like his guy. So uh, for Sean, I'm hoping that's true. And, uh, even if not like just peripherally, like if he moved into a solid managerial role for his kid and I've been saying it for months, I want a Ricky Starks hook best of three for the FTW title. And then Starks can go off and do his own thing all day. I want that. I, I, I'm not going to say anything cause maybe, but no. Yeah. Maybe. I, I, listen, I'll talk to you behind the curtain. Okay. I'll oh, let you know what's going on. All right. Hi, friends in high places. And by that, I mean asking him to talk about wrestling at 10 of midnight on uh, Friday. So thank you. <laughs> uh, we got some more super chats and humper chats to get through. Um, Chat Kid 29 saying there are also reported talks between AEW and Stardom picking up steam. I want Kyrie versus Thunder Rosa yesterday. Oh, man. That would be really, 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 really fun. Um, and Thunder Rosa has been pretty open about saying that she's she's been asking to defend her title in japan um uh, which i think is awesome it seems like covid's a little bit more under control in both countries and that the the protocols have been a little bit looser so those things i feel like feel like more possibility now than they did which is good but yeah they gotta they gotta pick up thunder rose's title reign a little bit here like she's been having some really really good matches but her builds have just been getting shot in the foot and 
I think a little overshadowed by what's been going on with Jade and the baddies and you still want that primary title to feel like that primary title. So um, let's keep her looking strong because she's a fantastic wrestler. Um, we move along to Mercedes Martinez and Serena Deeb defeating Kayla Sparks and Christina Marie. I love Kayla Sparks. I have a real soft spot for her. Um, she uh, was one of the first people that I ever heard interviewed on the first podcast I ever did called the Shining Wizards podcast. And Kayla Sparks is just such a wonderful, wonderful light in the world um, and a fantastic wrestler. And she's had a heck of a trajectory. So check her out if you can. Christina Maria, I wasn't as familiar with, but she looked serviceable enough here. Mercedes Martinez uh, and Serena, obviously going over here to nobody's real surprise. I love Serena Deeb's, um just everything she's done since she's turned heel. Like her matches with Sheeta were fantastic. Her title match with Rosa was great. And I love um, the story with her and Mercedes where they both know that they are so powerful together, but they still just can't get over their own shit as individuals, I think is so much fun. The way she was kind of bossing around in the ring, I thought was so great. She was also throwing tons of lariats here. That serenity lock is such a nasty submission. And I loved how clearly defined it was that she was the heel just by the simple storytelling of her keeping that locked in after the bell and Mercedes Martinez saying, that's not how I do things as champion here. Um, I loved this. I thought the the match was pretty good. Serena is just such a wonderful talent and it's, I'm so glad she's had like the second wind in AEW a little bit. What did you think? Um, and then we will talk about the post-match. Uh, Mercedes Martinez is tough, man. She's again, <laughs> another badass that if I crossed her and pissed her off, I wouldn't want her to come after me because I'll, I'll cry and in the fetal <laughs> position, but um, I'm six foot five and I still wouldn't mess with this woman. Uh, these two ladies, these two women, are going to tear the house down um if mercedes gets everything right because you know mercedes is more of that you know slower brawler type of style wrestler right um whereas serena d she can she can move and, and put a lot of different locks on you you know what i'm saying so like they have different styles but i think it'll work really great they just gotta you know make sure that they're on point with everything these two could really really um put a fire into women's division because uh, they just look so menacing and, and believable with every single thing that they do, whether she's, you know, um, Serena's doing a lock on someone or Mercedes is beating the living life out of <laughs> someone on, on yeah. the mat. It feels a little Blackpool Combat Club-ish. Like, and I, I love that. I love the violent nature mixed in with the technical nature. It's it's so The much match fun. looked great. They looked um. I, you know, for a while there, AEW women's matches, you just knew there was something missing all the time, and it kind of sometimes looks sloppy. But let me tell you, in the last year, these women that they've hired and that they're, you know, they're putting their best foot out there. It's it's amazing to see the growth. Agreed. Yeah, we've seen a lot of progress from some of the originals or people that came in very early into the company, and then we've seen a lot of really great work from um, the people that have joined later and I'm just hoping that the booking continues to catch up with that. I complain about it all the time, so I'm not going to complain about it here because tonight was a good night and we'll take it. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. If I ran into Mercedes, I would be like, please make me invisible to the world. I want no one to be able to track me. I would prefer to instead be in Lithuania getting pay-per-views for $20 instead. 
um, you know, just hypothetically or whatever. And if only there was some service that Sean Ross have could tell us about that could make that a possibility, you know? I'm on the road right now, but I'm not missing any of my favorite shows that are region blocked or out of my area, so to speak, because I've got NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Now, you can also use that code Fightful. Avoid price discrimination on flights. Avoid missing your shows because they're region blocked. And get 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, so you have Nothing to lose. NordVPN.com slash Fightful has made things so much easier for me as I get back into traveling and start to remember that certain things aren't available to watch when I travel or even when I'm home because they're region blocked. I'm able to find pay-per-views that are much cheaper thanks to NordVPN.com slash Fightful. It's an investment in yourself and how can you pass up that deal, 70% off, plus one additional month free, nordvpn.com slash Fightful, or use that code Fightful. Oh my goodness, who do you guys? Certainly not I, who plays that ad every week. Hey, with all that <laughs> money that you're saving, uh, you can head over to Fightful Select and subscribe at the $5 tier, the $10 tier, the million dollar tier. That's not really a tier, but... I'm sure if you wanted to give Fightful a million dollars, we would find a way to make it work. But there's obviously going to be more about the Vince McMahon news happening on Fightful Select the more that we find out. There's already information on backstage reactions that were pouring in. Um, There was reactions to and just the general news of the fact that Vince McMahon, when he was on SmackDown a couple weeks ago, yelled F him backstage at the top of his lungs, apparently. So... Uh, yeah, head to Fightful Select and get all of the hot wrestling tea, you guys. I know that's why you watch wrestling for the drama. Um, <laughs> so we'll finish up on Rampage here with a couple more Super Chats and Humper Chats. Um, Ronald Hollock saying, being Anna Jay is booked for AW Dynamite. Is there a chance that Christian targets Anna Jay in her hometown for the heat of this Jungle Boy feud? That is an extremely perceptive call. And I th- I think very possible. I don't think it'll go the route of like uh, Dan Lambert and take Conti so much, but I think it's it's definitely possible it comes up. That's a, a good call in someone's hometown when it's heat that will follow you to another town. I remember Sean saying that, and I've always remembered that note because I think that's a good call. If you want someone to lose in their hometown or you go for hometown heat, if it's going to be the kind of heat that follows you to the next town, which boy Christian is getting with some of the stuff that he's been saying the past couple of weeks, that stuff is worth it. Otherwise, it's kind of like, what's the point, you know? Um, but we move along to the main event, or as uh, uh, Mark Henry would say, it's time for your main event. Um, a very, very important thing to note here is uh that we got to see smart mark sterling who as we all know is alex's favorite on-screen talent um but i've actually really liked the work that he's done here um they're just absolutely aiming to get swerve uh removed from the aew roster and orange cassidy refuses to sign this petition that tony Nese has, or i'm sorry that smart mark has been running around with and so it's a very important stipulation in this match that if orange cassidy who does not care loses he has to sign the petition um 
this is just good old fashioned fun. Like Orange Cassidy has been so over all the time, but returning from injury has been like a, a renewed interest. I think people saw another layer of him in his match versus Will Ospreay at Forbidden Door. I think his matches since he's come back in general have been a little bit better agented and put together. Whereas um, I know a lot of people had this complaint, including other Alex, um, that it would be like mind games, mind, mind games, mind games, Orange Cassidy turns on the heat and wins. Um, but this we're seeing like a little bit better of a him weaving in those mind games into the match um, and staying under people's skin the whole time. And it's not like a, Hey, look, I'm a great wrestler halfway through. Um, we get to see a little bit more of a marriage between those two sides of him all at once, which I really, really like. We talk a lot about like the kip ups and all the cool stuff he can do physically. The trapper keeper holds, I think. Um, but like, there's also little things he does really well of, he had Tony Nese in a backslide. And when Tony Nese got out of the backslide, Orange Cassidy had his wrist. Like things like that make it seem like someone's trying to constantly win a wrestling match. And those little details to me as a fan are equally as important as the cool stuff of him being able to do a kip up with his pockets and um, all the fun knee strikes and whatever, um, the kicks. So um, some other spots I'll call out here and then I'll throw this over to you. Um, I loved that backside spot that I called out. Nice had a huge hammer uppercut on the ropes that I think was so great. Um, his Michinoku driver was phenomenal. Like I was absolutely like so impressed by, uh, his execution of it. I, I can't really remember seeing him get Tony Nice up that or seeing him get an opponent up that high. Um, and then of course the series of DDTs and, we see him take out Smart Mark with those those famous vicious kicks on the side. I think Smart Mark is probably playing for a lawsuit here because he reacts like they hurt so, so bad. Um, but I really liked that spot. I know he's not for you, but he is for me. Um, and uh, yeah, Tony Nese looked great in this. There was a huge pump handle that he had that looked really good in here. But ultimately, Orange Cassidy fails victorious with the distraction from Dan Housen and the Orange Punch. I thought this was a really fun main event. I like that the Orange Cassidy train keeps rolling. And I think this is some of the best work that we've seen in his time in AEW has been these matches since he's come back from injury. How did you feel about the story going into this? And of course, getting to see your boy, Smart Mark. First of all, a shock with the Cardoza housing uh, reference <laughs> on the chat. <laughs> I'm making that into a shirt next week. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Listen, he's still annoying and i understand that they're paying demand so they have to use them okay so these vignettes you know that started with the 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 ring crew and you know with this uh, with uh, with wardlow and now he's moving into this with orange cassidy they got to find stuff for him to do i understand you know uh he's still not someone that i see as a game changer for me he's just entertaining that's it that's smart mark for me um i don't want to that okay though i'm i'm if if i'm here for entertainment i'll i'll watch the other brand um so yeah wow. yeah yeah Just yeah i'm here for i'm here it, huh? i'm here for hard hitting action which by the way tony knees always gives us the man's insane he's incredible his 36 abs always keep me glued to the tv he needs a belt on him I honestly feel like he needs, he, he's one of those guys 
that don't make the belt, but the belt makes him. I think he's one of them that, that I would like to see something on him. You know, he deserves it. Smart Mark versus Boring Alex. That's right. Sterling <laughs> is highly entertaining. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And I'll by the that. way, they're using Dan Housen perfectly. He's, um, he's, yes. he's not annoying. He comes in, in and out of the show. Perfect. And, okay. And, all right. Mark is sometimes entertaining. There it is. Thank you. Thank you very much. Because, because. I like you. I have to make you happy. You know? <laughs> no, I'll say this, though. Like, I, um, you know what? I, I actually thought the way they kicked off SmackDown, the work that Heyman did today was fantastic. And while I do love Smart Mark, because he is entertaining. You know who's only entertaining, really? Dan Housen. It's okay to be entertaining. Um, I but just I wanted will a say, hot take in there. I know, I know you did, and now, now we have long-term storytelling here on the Fightful Post Show. So, uh, but I will say this: I do think uh, a Paul Heyman and a Stokely Hathaway, like, there's more value maybe to guys like that because while they're very, very funny um, and super entertaining, they're also very grounded and constantly moving the story forward. So when you see Paul Heyman give a promo like he did tonight, or if Stokely wanted to snap a promo that was like very serious about the baddies, it wouldn't feel like a huge left turn. It wouldn't feel super out of place for them to do that. Where I feel like with smart Mark, you do kind of get into that territory a little bit. He might never have to make that left turn, but there is a little bit more dimension to a Heyman or a Stokely. I think in, in that way of that, um, while comedic they're still just so grounded in what they do that it still feels like they're they're in the world that they're in and that kind of like matt menard did like we saw daddy magic give a super serious incredible promo that was making the round so i agree um entirely about that um but i still like my smart mark so how dare you so that about wraps up Rampage. We're going to close it out with a couple of Super Chats and Humper Chats. You guys have been so wonderful and generous about donating. We appreciate you so much. Joseph Snurk saying, if AEW can figure out a way to have a simultaneous working relationships with both TGPW and Stardom, that would be another Infinity Stone for Tony Khan. <sighs> yes. I would like to see him get a handle on his own women's division and ROH's women's division before he goes trying to do that. When they open the door to Impact, I was so excited because I was like, OMG, the Impact Knockouts are the best women's wrestling division in the whole wide world. This is going to be so good for the AEW women's division. And we got nothing. We got nothing. We got jack shit out of that. We did not get Deanna and Britt. We did not get Jordan Grace and Britt. Um, I was just very, like, disappointed by that. So I need to see the incremental success that we have continue to swell and spill over into ROH and hopefully they hire Maria Canellis and then I say open the door. Um, but I will also say that there is already crossover talent right from from Japan and that Kenny is still there even though he's not on our screen and he is super super connected um, and has such an appreciation for an understanding of Joshi wrestling in general. So I feel like they could definitely do it. Um and I, I think it would be great. I think it would be a very, very healthy thing for women's wrestling. I just need them to get a handle on their own shit first. Um, we got I Am LaLucha saying, is it just me or does a Hulkamania shirt feel very out of place at AEW shows? I didn't see any, 
But yeah, you know, I, I think there's a lot of people that would feel like Hulkamania shirts are almost a little out of place at WWE shows at this point. Like I, um, I, I've said time and time again, like I completely understand and respect what Hulk Hogan did and how WWE was built on his back. I started watching 2009 and a lot of that stuff is dated. When I go back and watch it, I feel like <laughs> to me, it just reads as like, this will be my hot take. This will be my smart mark for you. Like it just kind of feels like a mediocre leg drop. I am such a macho man gal. I was always on that side of things. Um, I just, and I, I get it. Like, I understand the value and what he did for the business. And I will always have an appreciation for that. But like what we know about him as a person and going back and watching it, not great. Um, but I agree. It does, it does feel like he was kind of more the antithesis of sports entertainment, maybe in a way. And AEW is built on kind of the opposite end of that. Right. Like I think maybe like a AEW. stone cold. Yeah. Or like, I, I don't know. I think AEW's Hulk is, is Eddie Kingston maybe. Like, or I, I think that's like a little bit closer or, um, you know, I, initially I would have said it was Jericho because I feel like his championship brain is what rooted AEW and got him off the ground. Now he's clearly playing into the sports entertainment thing. But I think if there's a guy that people point to right now, like you said before, if there's a guy in AEW that people point to and go, that's our guy right now, it might be Mox, but I feel like it's Eddie Kingston. So um, I'm also a huge mark and have no ability to be objective with Eddie. So, but it does feel that way. I feel like do, he gets the biggest pops anywhere he goes. Do you rebuild the <laughs> pillars then? Um, of AEW as, as we yeah. know it today, it's very hard, right? Cause we are now in what year three or whatever four, and it's just like, I feel things like have shifted. the pillars conversation is as old as the forbidden door conversation i wouldn't put eddie in there because i feel like the pillars are going to be the people that move this forward like in a decade from now so i think maybe just some younger guys being the ones that rooted in that conversation but i also feel like it's a tired conversation because i think daniel garcia is right there i think ricky starks is right there like i think there's those guys are the pillars because they were there from the beginning and they're going to help support this company for a really long time. But I, I agree with the people that have said there's a top of the card, but there's no middle of the card. Like there's just not a lot of stuff that feels like a step down out of the title picture. So um, I feel like the pillar conversation is actually one that's a little bit ran past its expiration date, in my opinion. <laughs> no, that's, that's a fair game. The, the company continues to move on. New talent's going to come in all the time. So it's just a matter of how they place the people around everyone. Yeah. And I, I, I think those four guys are like Amber Baker, if you want to throw a fifth pillar in there, which I think is very fair. I, I think that's completely fair. I do think, um, assuming MJF is coming back, which I think he is, Who? um, uh, that Max guy who was running around, I think he's like, the lead pillar in a sense like i think it would be more detrimental to lose him than than like a sammy guevara nothing wrong with sammy but i think for what AEW does like mjf's probably their biggest catalyst out of that group but i just feel like if wrestling is done as well as it's being done in AEW right now with the fan base that they have there's not really any one guy that if they leave they can't move on from like cody rhodes founded the damn thing and left and and it doesn't feel like anything's missing. Ooh. So if, exactly. Like if, I feel like if you 
if you book wrestling right and you continue to create new stars, the ones that you identify as wherever they are, it, it doesn't necessarily matter too much. But that's my little hot take. <laughs> Graham B. You, have, you, you were like, I'm rubbing off on you because <laughs> you're getting some hot takes up in here. <gasps> well, hey, I the just... other Alex, I hope I'm doing a good job, man. <laughs> I, I do think um, I, I kind of. I'm over like little cliche terms in general. I think Forbidden Door ruined cliche terms for me. I'm kind of over it. But we have Graham B saying that Serpentico is a pillar. Don't at me. You know what? I can't even. I can't even argue with that. Serpentico is hilarious. I love him. Uh, <laughs> he is such a blast on Twitter. Top three wrestling Twitter follow. I would say I'd put Serpentico up there with Nyla and Stokely. Um, Shotkin twenty nine saying how many sacks of money to hire a lawyer housing. Uh, that is a that is something that you have to negotiate directly with him, I think. So, <laughs> but we are gonna move along into SmackDown. Reminder to get your super chats and your humper chats in. Per usual, there's not like a ton about SmackDown here. Most of the WWE ones were uh, a little bit more focused at other things today, but we do kick off um, with a Roman Reigns. And Paul Heyman promo, which I actually thought this was refreshingly pretty good. I think Roman Reigns, when you think of the fact that he was at Suffer and Succotash and what he's been able to do the past 677 days, I think we're out now, is pretty damn impressive. Um, and nights like tonight, you kind of get to see him shine through a little bit. Like you got to see his personality and it wasn't so super serious, but he basically says that he's excited and in a good mood and then... Uh, he looks over at Paul Heyman, and he's not in such a good mood. Um, and that, of course, has to do with the return of Brock Lesnar. Uh, but he does say, Paul Heyman does say that uh, a violent Roman Reigns is a side, essentially, that we haven't seen before, and that it's going to be a scary one. Um, I really liked Heyman's work here. I thought he was back end of in serious land in a really, really good way. And I think if you're going to build something here, it needs to be. I'll say this. Each guy has three wins. Doing a last man standing match as a blow off is great. Um, like that's that's a good build to that feud. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care about this story. I don't care about this match anymore. I don't care that Theory came around for no reason with his stupid briefcase and was menacingly staring at them and taunting them or whatever. I couldn't care less. I really just don't. This was so dead in the water by the time Mania came around. I didn't feel like the match at Mania was all that. I don't want to say it wasn't that good. I think Roman definitely tweaked something in it, so that didn't help. But it wasn't that different from their other five battles that they had before. It wasn't some, like, ultimate blow-off. But um, I just really, really, really hope it's it because these are two of the most valuable talents in wrestling. This has nothing to do with them, my not wanting to see this. Roman Reigns is great. Brock Lesnar is great and a freak of nature. And face Brock has been so much fun. Um, they could be providing value to so many other people outside of each other. Like, it's so stupid to me. And I think we're eventually going to get that with Theory. I think they'll cash in and lose because I still think it's going to be Cody that probably uh, dethrones Roman. Um, but I just could not be bothered to give a crap about this. Uh, what were your thoughts on what we saw tonight? And then what are your thoughts on the final chapter, we hope, of this feud? Um, it was good to see him back on television, you know. Um, again, 
Paul Heyman is is insane on the microphone. I I love my tribal chief. That's when he says that I giggle and I just feel warm inside because the way he <laughs> the way he says it has so much feeling evoked. Like so much comes out. But yeah, um, where do I see this going? I agree with you. I see this is long term. He's gonna lose the belt later on. Um, God only knows to who, but you know, if, if everything goes well with Cody, like you said, you will see Cody come in <clears throat> at the Royal Rumble. We'll talk about that, I guess, uh, in the next coming up months, if I get invited back because of my hot take comment, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I love when Roman's around, it feels, he feels like a damn champion. Sure. It, it feels like when he walks in, like the old school, uh, the rock coming into an arena the the crowd just you feel the electricity so i just don't think there's anyone around him right now to stand toe-to-toe equal with him only brock right so all these shows these filler shows like this with um at smackdown are just they fall flat because there's nobody to stand toe-to-toe with him yeah because he hasn't even been around so you can't even build anything yeah yeah I agree with you and i do think if cody wasn't injured this might have been his spot like i think they they pulled brock out of the back just to just to do this because of cody's pack injury but um pretty boring because i should have brought back goldberg one last match baby i'm gonna kick you off why you off this channel nope you you know what it was all fun and games with smart mark like haha if i'm invited back from my hot takes we're going back you know we're going back to ria in october right so (sighs) might as well bring him back just not even we're moving on we're moving on right now we're moving on the viking raiders <laughs> defeat gender and the sky is scraping dancing shanky oh my god set that man free from this gimmick um they basically lock in uh they cover jinder mahal for the pin here and shanky tries to come in and save him but they beat shanky down and then the news new day why can't i not talk the new day comes out um, with what I consider a very, very fun promo. They say that their thick AF butts got kicked, um, but that those butts are still there, and uh, it was unsanctioned. So they come out with their sanctioned ass-beating tickets. Um, and what we need to talk about most here is, um, did you catch the the gear that they had? The Viking Raiders? Or no, 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 you mean no. the... the- the new golden day. girls gear yeah on. yes they're so hip at everything that they do they are so good for the subtle times that they are on television because they are tired of rematches themselves um yeah, yeah they did it yeah. in a promo last week they're so damn like everything they do is so catchy it is I'm looking back at the chat right now and people want you muted and blocked. I know. I see that they're blocking me. They don't want to be my friend, but you know. (sighs) Goldberg stinks. I never need to see him on wrestling television again in a wrestling capacity. And I get why Sean does this. I get why he mutes people. It's a power trap. It's very freeing. Um, There's just a lot of freedom in muting your co-host. So I understand. I understand. Get back here, sir. You have a job to do. Um, so this is a bunch of fun. Viking Raiders versus New Day in an actual match and not the squashy stuff, I think will be very, very fun. Um, 
I would like to see that feud built out perfectly. Um, I, I, I think that'll be great. I would love to see them finally get in the ring, but it's nice that we've had something other than a million rematches, so that's good. Jinder and Shanky couldn't really care less, to be honest. So, um, But we will move right along. This, I thought, was... My favorite segment on SmackDown, probably from front to back. I love this Gunther sort of open challenge that we got here. Uh, Ludwig Kaiser comes out wearing no pants, even though he's just talking. <laughs> Basically saying that there's nobody worthy of facing Gunther. And because Gunther has been winning, aka good booking, and uh, looks so menacing and the presentation is so menacing, you believe that that's true and Guther kind of says they didn't really connect the dots of this very well but I'm gonna give them a pass for it because I pick on them for no, enough other stuff but he essentially says uh open challenges are a bad idea because it's dumb to be unprepared for your who your opponent is which is a very smart and heel thing to do um I liked him destroying the open challenge concept and essentially if you want to get to Guther you have to go through Ludwig Kaiser I think that is a great use of Ludwig I think you're going to see some really great matches between him and whoever these opponents are. Um, and the first person to answer the call is Shinsuke. Um, and I thought the match was fun. Nakamura eventually wins with the Kinsasha, which was a big one. Um, but these are two guys that can really, really go. It's good to see Shinsuke in something that makes sense for him. It's good to see um Ludwig in the ring and looking strong and just having two professional wrestlers that can really really go um and eventually yeah Nakamura gets the win with the with the Kinsasha and then Ludwig gets punished with chops from Gunther I think that is awesome I think he should always get punished for losses that way it feels so like aggressive and intense and hazing and like the wrestling version of drumline. I don't know. I really liked it. The only thing I didn't like was that the crowd started chanting USA, which was very confusing considering Shinsuke is from Japan and Gunther is Austrian. So not sure what was going on there, but uh, I loved the rest of the segment and the match. What did you think of the way they seem to be setting up how Gunther's reign is going to be with these almost qualifying matches but really it's it's just ludwig doing the dirty work you know there's uh sometimes you catch lightning in a bottle he's lightning in a bottle and they've been booking him i think so far perfectly this match with nakamura felt fresh these are these are the smackdown matches that i wish would happen on a consistent basis and you had these smackdown matches happen with other wrestlers in there as well right so you smackdown used to feel to me like the a show it's totally fallen back, even past NXT to set point seven or whatever it is now. But <laughs> it's so, it's so like it was such a good match, man. And Gunther is just menacing. He is that bad looking dude that whoop your ass in the ring. And I love the way that they've been setting him up. But like I mentioned before, if they were to take these type of matches and like give it to us on SmackDown every week, man. He is Agreed. so good every every single one every single time too. And you know what else I liked? I liked that this whole promo wasn't about that someone didn't have the balls. This was about the title. This was about the story that they're actually building around it. But hypothetically, if it was about people having balls, you would want them to be well groomed, right? 
You wouldn't want them to be gnarly and gross and not taking care of. You would want them to be manscaped. And Sean Ross Sapp is here to tell you all about it. Surely you didn't think that just because I'm not physically on this show that we would shave off our ad reads, right? Oh, no. Oh, no. Because we're busy shaving something else off, my friends. Make sure you have those manicured nuts with Manscaped. Get 20% off plus free shipping if you use the code FIGHTFUL at manscaped.com. Oh, man. You don't want to look like you've gone through a main event match with your nutsack when you're trying to care for them. And Manscaped makes sure that you don't with that perfect package 4.0. The hygiene bundle includes a lawnmower 4.0, weed whacker, boxers, travel kit, and liquid formulations. That lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof with advanced skin safe technology to reduce nicks and cuts and even has a light to help you with your close shave. The Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer makes sure you whack those nasty weeds in your delicate holes. And it also has proprietary skin-safe technology. But even beyond that, you get the boxers. You get the travel bag. They've got a foot duster. They've got a crop reviver. It's a ball toner, of all things. Plus the crop preserver to prevent chafing. Manscaped.com. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FIGHTFUL. Manscaped.com. Well, there you go. So we're going to keep on rolling. A reminder that after this on Fightful Select, um, Alex Pulaski will be holding down the fort with sour grabs. It's going to be a sour one, you guys. I think there's going to be a lot of Vince talk. Um, I will, I'm sure, be hopping on as well. But be sure to check that out. Um, that'll be going on shortly after this. So we're going to keep moving right along, um, to this Liv Morgan promo. Uh, this is just basically her initial championship celebration. This is one of the best moves I think that they could have made. I think, um, there was something really sweet between Michael Cole and Liv Morgan where it just felt very sincere. Like it seemed like Michael Cole was like sincerely very proud of the person of Liv Morgan. Like, um, he had used her government name to, on, I think, on the pay-per-view on, on Money in the Bank after she had won. Um, and I, I think there's a very sincere connection between Liv and the crowd right now. I think, um, you know, they feel like she's gotten so close so many times and people really, really love her. And she never has gotten really rewarded for how over she has gotten herself. Um, but it was just very nice to see that it was nice to see an organic connection between a WWE performer and the crowd. And then they uh, ruined it. They brought brought out Natalia um, who basically makes a good point and says that Liv wouldn't have won uh, if she hadn't done the dirty work of injuring Ronda's knee. Now, the only thing with that is Liv was in a ladder match, a brutal, brutal ladder match before it. Um, and I feel like that kind of equalizes that in, in my estimation. Like it hadn't been that much earlier that she was just getting her ass kicked all around the ring, right? So I feel like that story, while it makes sense, doesn't necessarily like work here when the person who cashed in was also very beat up and was also selling her knee at that point. Um, and we also get Rhonda coming out here. And man, this goofy 
presentation of her calling Natalia Natty Boombalati and stuff, like I, this is like as bad as Suffer and Succotash stuff was. And I know Ronda has it in her because she was that way in UFC. Like just let her be a badass face. I don't understand why they won't. Um, either turn her heel, since that's the only way you know how to let people be badass, or let her lean into the stuff she would say when she was shoot fighting. Like she was pretty pretty charismatic and pretty vicious then. This stuff is not working. Um, but we see Natalia and Rhonda continue their feud for some reason, even though Rhonda had already won. Um, and I just feel like I would rather see my champion have a match than see Rhonda Rousey and Natalia have a match at all. Like, I, I don't understand it. I don't think there's any more of a score to settle between the two of them. They'd already faced each other before this past go around. Um, but we do eventually get a short match where Rhonda taps out Natty. And I'm kind of just like, why? What do you think of the Liv Morgan promo and then the Rousey and Natalia interruptions into um, the the match that we saw? And then we will talk about the Liv Rousey rematch. I'm very happy for the uh, hometown girl from Elmwood Park, New Jersey. Yeah, you know, it's Jersey. always good to hear that. Um, I lived in Garfield, which is right next to Elmwood Park, right across the street, basically. So um, it's nice. We all know. Um, it kind of felt a little bit like the Daniel Bryan moment where he's been fighting for so long to be champion and then finally he got it and they obviously made a bigger deal of that than they did for Liv Morgan. Sure. Um, you know, bigger stage, obviously. So it was totally two different things, but equally has that strong impact. She became a champion. He became champion, right? So um, I do hope that they give her some good matches some positive uh moving forward storylines even if she is transitional don't let this fall like most other times whenever we have transitional champions where they just hold the damn belt and stuff like this happens with the ronda and uh natalia thing you know where they just it, why it just yeah <laughs> we, why we just didn't need it why why find something else to do we don't need the may young of today to be in the ring <laughs> uh with the baddest woman on the planet so um that's just i'm hoping and praying that they do live right and you know they give her something uh well worth it moving forward i hope so too i'm pessimistic about that i think she's gonna drop to ronda at SummerSlam, which is eventually what we get to we get to the announcement of live versus ronda at SummerSlam. i'm nervous that either Charlotte is going to come back and cost Ronda, and that feud's going to continue, which I don't want to see more of that. Um, or that Ronda is going to beat Liv, and I'm not excited for that. Of all the stuff that's been presented, I think a tag team with Natalia and Ronda with a manager would actually be really cool. Um, I don't know what they're doing with the belts, with the women's tag belts. I don't think they know what they're doing. I don't know if they still exist. But Maybe here we are. Comics still have it. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. That's the last time I remember. It's like, uh, you know, I, I get that maybe they were trying to work out something with Sasha and Naomi and they didn't want to put them on anybody else, but it seems that that was not the case. So, um, And we do also get Natalia versus Liv next week. So there's that to look forward to if that's something you're looking forward to. Uh <laughs> she might as well be birthing a hand. It's kind of, yeah. It's pretty much that. At this point. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot. Is she there any women left in SmackDown? You know what? There's. They put up a honest graphic question. Today. By the way, they put up a a graphic today of the women there. They have Aaliyah and Lacey, who we'll talk about later. Um, Shotzi. They have Zia Lee. They have Sonya. And one thing that they um, that I wanted to call out, even though it's not like necessarily my place to call out, I think you should listen to Grapsity and ask them about it. Um, there's now one black woman on the main roster now that Sasha and Naomi have left and that's Bianca and she's a champion. So that's good. But there's a problem if one tag team leaves and your representation then goes down to one person. Um, they have representation problems across the board. I feel like, and with, with the women's division, it's a lot of white women. Um, and their presentation of Zia Lee, I think is probably a lot of people would find insulting from what I've seen and read. Um, I am a white woman. It's not my place to comment on that, but I, I do know when I can see that something is slanted and it's, it's back to being very, very slanted, unfortunately. And there's not really an excuse for it. I, I don't think, um, you know, they had Athena, they had Mia Yim, um, Swole is out there. Willow Nightingale's out there. Trisha Dora is out there. There's plenty of people out there. Um, that are are roster talented, and I I don't think there's even anyone at NXT outside of Mari Miller and Lash Legend that I can think of, unless I, I sincerely don't know. I think Caden Carter and Caden Carter is Filipino, but she has such a unique look to her. I honestly don't know. But like they need to go back and correct how lopsided that has gotten because um, it took one tag team walking out, and now you have one black woman on the roster, which is not great. Um, especially with everything that they have going on right now. So how excited would you be if in oh, is it all out? Yeah. All out. You see Sasha coming to AEW. I would for a lot of reasons. I think if you are going to spend the money to bring Sasha Banks in, you a not only have one of the best women's wrestlers ever, and your company, but you have paid so much money, you have no choice but not to ignore your women's division anymore. Because you, you know you Snoop Dogg is probably working on a track right now for her new intro. There you go. Yep, there you go. Snoop Dogg. Just getting ready. Um, the biggest, the biggest uh, Sasha Banks fan in the world. Basically her best friend the same way. I'm CM Punk's best friend. Is, Allie and I is were friends until so she blocked me for my Goldberg comment. Well, you earned it, pal. <laughs> All right? All right? Um, no, we love Allie. She'll be at Sour Graps too, I'm sure, with me. But we move along to the Maximum Male Models 2022 Tennis Collection, titillating the juices of guilty pleasures. Um, I was worried about what direction this was going to go in, and I'm a little less worried after this. Um, other Alex, Alex OG, original Alex, um, you know, was concerned that they were worried about the ethnicity of the male models they had chosen to be getting them heat because otherwise they just look really cool. And I don't know why you would boo them. Uh, I think this shows that they are going to be more in the comedic vein, which I think is a relief. Um, and I think that's a good call. Uh, I I actually really like this segment. I think that Max Dupree, LA Knight, Eli Drake, whatever you want to call him, can make just about anything work. I do hope he gets back in the ring. Um, Massey came out in shorts and a blue golf shirt. Um, they talked a lot about his hamstrings and these short shorts, which cracked me up. Mansois came out wearing literally the same thing, but also with the sweater vest, which I thought was very funny. Um, 
I don't know how they closed the gap of getting male models to wrestlers, um, but I have now bought into the fact that uh, Max Dupree can probably make that happen. Like, I feel like he has done a really, really great job with this. Um, and this was their tennis collection. So we'll look forward to the the fashionable stylings uh, moving forward. I just don't know how they get this to work in a professional wrestling sense um, or even a sports entertainment sense, whatever you want to call it. Like, how does this translate to a wrestling ring? I don't know. Um, but yeah, this definitely has like Fandango, Tyler Breeze vibes to it. I don't love that they took Tyler Breeze and chopped him up for parts and gave Theory his selfies and Max Dupree his fashion or whatever. But um, I do... I'm glad that they're leaning in the direction of that it's going to be silly because if they tried to make it serious, I don't think that would go well. What happened to Mansoor? Uh, he was <laughs> he was projected as this awesome wrestler out, you know, when they did their show overseas. You know, it was really cool, his presentation and everything. And it's, what? Now he's a male model. I understand. They have to find things for them to do. And I think this is a fun segment. I think it's, you know, it's a good way to break the show apart as well. You know, you get a little bit of entertainment. We need it. That's this is perfectly fine with me. Like I don't I could knock it every day, but honestly, it's good. I enjoy it. I I just wish that, you know, wrestlers like these guys are are, you know, man, Mace Masse, is that what it is? You must say. I want him to like be like killing people in the ring like the dude is a menace like you see him standing next to Mansoor yeah can I mean it's insane but I'm gonna let this one play out I'm that's not gonna of, be I'm not gonna be an ass that's <laughs> that's kind of a refreshing break from where you normally are no um I that's kind of where I'm at too I would like this a lot more if the rest of the show wasn't such goofy crap like um I like these as comedic relief segments when the rest, of, if you had like stuff that felt like as serious as Gunther throughout the whole show and this was there for comedic relief, I would like it more. Um, but as a segment, I think this actually works, but I, I have to see what happens with them in the ring. Um, yeah, what's the long-term Dupree in the ring. Like what's I'm the long-term the goal that, to what end is what uh OG Alex says, and that is a good question. But based on what I saw tonight, I was entertained enough by it, and I was relieved that they weren't gonna try and go the cool guy heel route and that this is going to be silly. So I will take that relief as a victory in WWE world. <laughs> so we move on to a match that didn't happen, um, which was supposed to be Aaliyah and Lacey Evans versus Shotzi and Shayna. Immediately alarm bells went off in my head because I was like, wasn't Shayna supposed to be in the triumvirate of Sonia, Zaylee, and uh, her and, and Shayna? Uh, why would she just be randomly paired with Shotzi? So Aaliyah is in the ring doing what Aaliyah does. Um, and Lacey Evans comes out and the crowd didn't cheer enough for her. She comes out again and the crowd didn't cheer enough for her. She comes out a third time and the crowd doesn't cheer enough for her. And um, it's very evident that they're obviously turning her heel. She gets in the ring. She gives kind of what I felt like was a somewhat generic promo. Like, um, you know, she picked on the crowd in Texas for being fat. Um, 
our moderator Luis is saying that she's Homelander Lacey. Like this is literally Homelander. Um, I just don't love that they had her bear her soul with her real life trauma for five weeks to turn her into a heel, which is what she was when she went away. Like, I get that this is a more grounded character, but they had like this huge like dedication of time to rolling her out and they didn't know whether she was going to be a face or a heel apparently like they've switched it back and forth a couple of times um and she's not my favorite performer i don't think she's the strongest in the ring and the the character isn't always necessarily for me but like for what she does like, if you're going to make someone talk about all the trauma in their life, I think you could at least have the respect of putting a plan behind it. Listen, um, I thought they were going somewhere with the whole, like, you know, I'm a Marine thing and whatever. Being a retired Marine myself, I thought it was a, a great way uh, to really showcase that side of her, get the crowd behind her. Lex Luger her up, basically, you know what I'm saying? throw her out there in the stars and stripes and let her go freaking um, put her on the Air Force carrier, Air Force carrier over here in New York and let her body slam one of these chicks um, a couple times, right? Like, do something. Just do yeah. anything except what you're doing now, which was you took someone who was ready to come back and really do something uh, great, but they botched it somewhere in between. Uh, maybe they felt that that storyline wasn't going to be strong enough for her, which is BS because it could have gone somewhere. People were going to get behind that no matter what. Yeah, I think um, their fan base would definitely be behind something like this. And I, I don't know. I just feel like it's a really bad idea to have someone share their real life personal experiences in a very vulnerable way and to not have a plan for it seemed weird. I thought her not winning money in the bank was telling that something was going to shift. Um, it seemed like 4th of July weekend to have the Marine who you built out this entire thing for not win. Um, like it, it was my preference that she didn't because I don't think she's there in the ring. Um, like to, to have a sustainable championship reign, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, we have SP rice timing in via humper chat at humperchats.com saying been spooked a segment where the crowd was worked into booing Evans after today that they tried to turn into booing a real American hero type seem in a good faith. I'm a little confused by the super chat. Absolutely disgusting. Shouldn't be shocked, but I am. AW was good though. Um, I'm just rereading it so that I can split a sound where the crowd was worked into booing Evans after today. They tried to booing a real American hero type. I think they're kind of reiterating what we were saying. Um, which is like after, after all those vignettes to have her, get booed is just a really, really I would have I would have put the 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 what do you call it D done something with her and and Liv Morgan down the road or something you know I don't know I don't know I I, I thought that she would win it right she's yeah big strong you know whatever I understand that they're going because Liv is hot right now you gotta get, deflect 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 right there's stuff going on give the people what they want here's something shiny yeah and I think you know we talked about this a little bit last week of like uh you know Last year, they made it seem like Liv was going to win and didn't have her win after getting a bunch of wins going into it. This year, they made it seem like Liv was going to win. And if they did that again, that would have been maddening. So, you think they really I don't care? know. Um, I don't think no, any of our feelings care sometimes, don't... right? 
Yeah, it it certainly feels that way. It certainly feels that way. And for wins and losses just don't seem to be an indicator of anything. So I don't, um, you know, I didn't put a ton of stock in that, but I do think Liv was the right call. Um, like you said, sometimes you catch lightning in a bottle and that's it. I think they tried to force lightning in a bottle, but I think Lacey's just like, she's just a better heel. And I think they wanted her to come back as a face because they thought people would be excited for her, which they could be. And um, she does have a sincerely inspiring story. And, um, but I think she just as a character is, is more inclined to, to being a face. Like she just feels more comfortable as a performer that way. So we will see. But we move along to Los Lotharios versus the Usos, which felt very um, thrown together at the last minute. And not a ton to write home about here. I love seeing Los Lotharios back at my screen. I think those are two underrated performers and a great tag team. But um, eventually the Usos hit the 1D on Korea. But post-match, we find out that we are going to get a rematch between the Usos and the Street Profits, which is great. And that there's going to be a special guest referee. That match I thought was awesome that we saw at Money in the Bank. Easily match of the night, in my opinion. Um, I think the SummerSlam match will be even better because there's a huge story there. Who's the special guest referee? I think it's going to be Sami Zayn. They've also been talking about pulling Solo Sokoa up from NXT. I don't want them to pull him up this way. I feel like special guest referee is usually kind of a goofier thing. And I think Solo Sokoa has done a very good job of making himself feel like a real deal. Um, what were your thoughts on the match, if any, and who do you think the special guest referee is going to be? Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was good. You know, anytime the street profits are, are excellent in the ring. Usos, they are, they have cemented themselves as hall of famers. I think in my eyes, like they've come up so far from where they yes. were at to this incredible team that, you know, when they're in the ring, they they show you why they're good and why they're the unified champions and why WWE has put this faith on them, right? Because they're able to elevate the team that they're with as well. It's not just about them being in the ring by themselves. Um, there was a, It was good. Another one of those refreshing matches that it, you can put those guys in the ring on a best of seven and I would watch all seven matches. Sami Zayn sounds like the sneaky way in. It's going to be a heel thing. They're going to have him. Oh, he's going to be our special guest referee. And how how that gets played and, and put out at the end, God only knows. But it'll be fun. I think it'll be fun to watch. I need it to end somehow with getting the Usos versus Sammy and Kevin Owens. I need it. I need it in my veins. So bad. But guys, get your final Super Chats and your final Humper Chats in. We are coming down the home stretch as we head to the main event. A reminder that Sour Graps is going to be live on Fightful Select after this. So head over, listen to OG Alex and I probably rant some more over there. But we close out the night with Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. No, not Sheamus. He's unable to compete tonight. This felt very weird. It felt like they were playing off the possibility someone might have COVID, which I didn't love. But instead, we get Drew McIntyre versus Pete Dunne. Um butch for those of you who who come back yeah exactly not my jam um to the surprise of nobody uh drew wins with the giant claymore here this was a decent enough match um this was supposed to be a contendership match though between sheamus and drew for whoever wins gets a shot at the title 
Um, I've seen those guys fight a million times. I didn't particularly need to see them fight again, but they also told me they were going to fight again and that it had stakes. Um, there's good, our moderator, Luis, has said this too. Special guest referee, please. I need this. As Rikishi, come on. That, I mean, heck, could be fun. We did also get a super chat that I missed the first go around with Gunther. Brandon Charles Powell saying Gunther should also reward Ludwig Kaiser with chops when he does well. Why not? You're, it's going to take a lot of work for me not to want to see Walter chop somebody. I do feel bad for Ludwig because that's going to, he's going to be taking a lot of chops from him and that's going to hurt a lot. But um, so anyway, Drew McIntyre defeats Pete Dunn, but <laughs> for some reason, um, the match ended up not really meaning anything. I feel like it would have been much cooler if you had just built it out this way. Like, Drew and Sheamus have faced each other a million times, right? Why not have Drew face Ridge Holland and Drew face Butch to get to Sheamus um, and do some heel stuff in between there? Just felt like it fell flat as a main event to me because I couldn't really be invested in it because I didn't know what the point of it was. Um, but we see Ridge Holland try and interfere. Drew takes care of him. Drew chops off the top rope, as our moderator Luis points out. Incredible stuff. Like, I'm never unimpressed by Drew in the ring, but when you tell me it's going to be a qualifying match for something, I expect the competitors to be there to compete. Particularly when you just had shenanigans with Drew McIntyre and Sheamus qualifying for money in the bank. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. How could I forget this important spot that Drew chops the top rope, literally, not chops off the top rope. Uh, and... And for some reason, that sets Pyro off. I don't know. I don't know what that was. But, like, it looks like a rubber sword cut the top rope, which set the posts aflame. I don't know. The match so... was fine. I hadn't seen it before. That was nice. But this was supposed to be a qualifying match between two other competitors who both just had a non-finish to qualify for money in the bank. And then we're in a tag match to then get into Money in the Bank, which is something they were both in before. Like, what are we doing with these two guys, Alex? Same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try <laughs> <laughs> and take over the world. I feel like Butch just got put together because McMahon on a late flight home from like the West Coast saw Gangs of New York. And he was like, yep, that's <laughs> it. Because, <laughs> you know, he always like, Remember when uh, Dean Ambrose was with the jacket and the gas mask? Yeah. I feel oh like he had God. just finished watching The Dark Knight Rises yeah. with Bane. Bane. Um, so, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know what the hell's happening there. Uh, it was it was a big mess. I, I always tell you that I love um, Drew McIntyre's physicality. I think yes. he's great in the ring. He can fly around and do some incredible stuff. But his character's boring as hell to me. It, it has been, always been since... He was back in the day in 2011 as the chosen one. He's just, to me, just boring. Like, there's nothing that they can do, unfortunately, for me. Unless he, like, I feel like he needs an evil heel run. And by evil heel run, I never want to hear him speak. I just want to see him, like, wipe everyone off the face of the planet. <laughs> but other than that, like, what what are you going to do with him? What are you doing? You know, is he the only last big guy left in singles competition besides Roman? Because you're not going to use, you can't, you can't put um, uh, Brock in that sentence because Brock is a part-time type of deal. 
Yeah, so, and I think I think this is just a one-off, like an addendum for a while at least. Yeah. But, so yeah, who do you put I him mean, up against? He's just he's just right now just going with a flow. Like, okay, cool. I'll take these guys out and take this guy out. And what do you what do you, what do you slide him in? Well, they have Clash at the Castle, right? Which is clearly what they're setting up for with this. Um, but then what do you do with him after? I don't know. I really like Drew. I think history teacher Drew kind of turned things in the wrong direction. And then he was stuck in that godforsaken feud with Madcap for so long. Um, and Corbin that like, it just killed any, any of his ability was buried by the creative he was given. I liked him today saying that theory was the new chosen one. Cause it feels very continuous with that. So like, I liked that in the promo, but it's also just like, if you're going to keep going back to the same wells, there's only so much you can do from a creative standpoint. Sky's inch pointing out that they have Bobby as far as like, big guys that feel important on the show but bobby's and bobby and smackdown um, i'm sorry on raw like we're still doing the whole yeah we're I still doing kind of sort of right yeah i yeah. think that i think that you let unfortunately you can't do this right now but you if you were to let give mcintyre the AEW treatment where you let him kind of like phase off for a little while and bring him back he would feel you would feel that energy for him and you would feel like besides him getting hurt we don't ever want him to get hurt or anything like that but if you were to give him a little bit of time away from the screen or something man i don't know what it is is every time he's on the screen i'm like why what's happening <laughs> sorry it's just no that's you no, know that's, it, it, I, when he when he anybody, when i thought he was gonna face sheamus i was like again what yeah that's the thing of anybody who's been on tv except maybe the new day he has been the most rematched to death talent since coming over to SmackDown. I felt like when he got drafted to SmackDown, it was going to be so good for him um, because he had run his course on Raw. Um, as far as Lashley goes, yeah, I mean, I don't really buy a brand split. They do whatever they feel like is convenient. I don't need to see Lashley in theory again. I think that's stupid. Um, but yeah, no, I, I can I can certainly understand with, where you're at with that. Like, that's, that's rough. He is physically in the ring one of the most like crazy talented like what, like what he can Allie do for wrote. his size is insane he has and, the uh, charisma of a sack of yogurt Allie, rude alessandra save that for behind the paywall young lady rude um but that's how we close out our show unfortunately like i felt like that was a a week go home but there was actually some good stuff on smackdown tonight which was nice to be able to say like i think all the stuff with gunther has been really good um, it was nice to see a new women's champion, even though I don't like what followed it. Heyman's promo was awesome. So that was all great to see, especially with such an ugly day on the Vince McMahon front. And we got to see Eddie Kingston versus Takeshita. So how can I say that I had a bad night when we got to see that? How could I say it was a bad night when I was joined by the wonderful Alex Cardoza? Thank you so much. Where can we... Oh, stop. Where, <laughs> where can the one... <laughs> You know what? Nope. Nope. I was going to let you plug your stuff. Now I had to mute you because you brought the soundboard and you showed me up. <laughs> Just kidding. As we get out of here, Alex, where can people find you on social media and what else do you have going on? Yeah. So check me out. Uh, you can follow me on, um, on Instagram is where I do most of my damage. Uh, it's just <laughs> it's Alexis Cardoza altogether. And if you hit the uh, the link in the bio, like the kids like to say, um, you can find me on TikTok talking all things movies, nerdum, uh, Power Rangers, everything. Like I'm just a big old nerd. Um, yeah. And as far as what we got going on, June 27th is the big season two 
Um, come back for wrestling with Freddie. That's Wednesday, June 27th, the big SummerSlam preview show. Do you mean July? July 27th? Yes, it is July 27th. <laughs> oh my God. I'm still... I was like, it either already started or he means July. <laughs> yes, I'm in June still in my head. I apologize. I okay. forgot that this weekend was a holiday weekend too. So I don't even know what day it is. So yes, July 27th, ladies and gents. Uh, make sure if you want to catch up on everything uh, Wrestling with Freddy, you can just binge it. And it's going to be cool. Um, it's going to be really fun season with, with him and, and everything. You know, did you see he has an A&E show coming out? I did. Called Glad Rivals. There's yeah, there's a lot of stuff happening. I resurrected his career. I don't care what he says. If you're hearing me now, Freddie, <laughs> you owe me big time. Just kidding. There you go. I love you. You have to. You No, you got to leave on the heat, man. You got to leave on the heat. Always on um, the heat. And I'm never self. A reminder that uh, Sour Graphs is taking place right after this. A reminder that also, even though Sean wasn't here, he can answer all of your questions about the Vince McMahon situation on that Q&A show on Fightful Select, which you can subscribe to at FightfulSelect.com for $5 a month. You can find me at Kate Instagrams on Twitter and Miss Kate Fabe on everything else. Um, you can also- Did you bring back your, your, your Twitter yet or no? Not yet, but okay. I think Monday. I've been working on something in my Twitter comeback, so- um, Somebody said I should have the Cody countdown clock to my Twitter comeback, but I think Monday as and long I'll as I'll get you pyro. There you go. Please do in my little Kate Evader. Um, but thank you so much for joining us. Have a safe and wonderful weekend. We're at. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.